what is the advice you would give to others who are interested in pursuing a career in real estate brokerage, especially as a family team? The only thing I would say is I don't know that there's a easier or better career or honestly more populated with particularly mothers and daughters than real estate is. Mm -hmm. I mean, I probably personally know five agents whose daughters now work with them. Firstly, going into the business with an open mind in regards to each other. Your dynamic is going to change because of the new relationship that you're creating. And I think most of the time when I when I connect with other people over working with their family, their number one response is they were stuck here. I wanted to progress things or vice versa. And it caused us to have to move on from the partnership. So my advice would be understand your own value and your what you bring to the table. Also understand and keep in mind all the value that the other person brings and support them as much as you want support back. Welcome to Unscripted Pivots. I am your host, Danielle Sprouls. Mother's Day is just a few days away, and in celebration, I have with me two special guests today. Welcome, Kathy Clark and Brenna Van Hogenston. Welcome to Unscripted Pivots. I'm so excited to have you guys. Thank you, Danielle. Yes, we're so excited to be here with you. Yes, absolutely. So everybody out there knows um, they came into my heart because Mother's Day and Kathy and Brenna are a dynamic duo, mother-daughter team in Southern California. They are brokers at Harcourt's Prime Properties and they have an excellent reputation here. And we just begun recently working together. I'm doing the title insurance, they're doing the selling and all is well. I'm so glad to have you guys here. So I find the relationship fascinating. Okay, on the outside, and, and and I know you guys a little bit too, you have such a beautiful synergy between you. And let's face it, mother-daughter relationships aren't necessarily easy, right? I mean, they can be complex, they're multifaceted, you know, due to the emotional and psychological ties between the two. I have a daughter myself, and I'm here to ask you, how are you doing it? How is this working? How did this even come about? Because Kathy, I know that you've been in the industry for a very long time, successfully so. And you were even in the mortgage business. I want to hear a little bit about that today. And then you morphed into this. And lo and behold, you raised your daughter and brought her into your practice. Well, first, let me say, I didn't really bring my daughter into the practice. My daughter said to me, hey, I think I'd like to do this with you. <laughs> and I went, uh, no, 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 this isn't, a, this isn't a summer thing. This is a long-term play. And a couple months later, I said, were you really serious? And she said, yeah, I'd really like to do this. And that's where it started. So it was, it was her desire to actually come into this business. And I'm not sure her, her plan was long, long term when she first came to me, but I, I think at this point she really loves the business. So I'll be surprised if it's not a long term play for her. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a testament to you, Kathy, both as a mother and as a career executive, you know, and she's following you. I mean, think about that. Right. So, Brenna, tell us a little bit about why you were attracted to this. That's a great question. I I was working in the restaurant industry and I was bartending, moved my way up to restaurant managing. And I had sort of come up within the ranks of that industry to the highest point to an extent and realized I didn't really love it and didn't want to continue doing this. That was never really my plan. So as I saw my mom getting into real estate and finding success, it was something that I thought would maybe be a great introduction into the professional world for me to learn under someone that I respect so much 
um, until I kind of get my bearings and figure out where my direction is next. And lo and behold, after a very short time getting into the business and working with with my mom, uh, I call her Kathy and people think that's weird, but um, <laughs> it, to me it was, okay, let's, let's continue on with this. Let's see what we can do. So it's been really fun. That's really cool. You know, I mean, we're not from the same generation, right? Your mom and I are, and you're not. And I have to think like, you know, what are the communication styles? How do you get that to work, right? I mean, how you approach everything, yeah. right? So tell us a little bit about your communication styles, how you create, you know, boundaries between the personal and the professional life, right? Because that exists. Yeah, absolutely. We always say any business partnership is like a marriage and it's no different between the two of us. The communication has been, it's been hard work and we've put a lot of time and energy um, and intentionality into how do we make our business partnership the best it can be while also really honoring and valuing our personal relationship as mother and daughter. That hasn't happened by accident. So I, w- I obviously want to let you speak to that, mom, but it's a, been a beautiful and very challenging experience. And I've just learned so much in the process of making our business relationship the best it can be. We've always been very close. I got divorced from their dad when she and her brother were two and a half and a little over four. And Mm. it was always the three of us were very, very close. And so the kids got drug along a lot of my businesses. You know, when I was in mortgages, they were always in the car listening to me talk about those things. Brenna and I always had a great relationship. And I was really flattered when she wanted to come in to work with me because I'd worked in my family business. That was how I started my first career. But I honestly didn't, I didn't really see her wanting to do that. And I didn't really have, I didn't really have a need to drag my kids along with me. I really wanted them to do what they were really passionate about. Mm-hmm. And so when she did decide she, she wanted to do this, it's been really hard work because we are so close. And you know, as a mom, Danielle, you're a mom before you're anything else. I, I don't absolutely I don't care how much you try to be a business partner. I'm always a mom first. You know, my first thought is how did she feel about that or how was she doing? Or when that client said that, I, you know, I'm mad at them because they hurt her feelings or whatever. <laughs> oh, it, sure, right. <laughs> it's, they're always your child first. And um yeah. and I think that makes for a different nuance. And for the first probably three years, I would say, Bren, we struggled. Really struggled. It was really rough. We had a lot of history, a lot of financial stuff that we'd gone through as a family after I was in the mortgage business and the crash. And and so there were a lot of dynamics there that made it really rough. And the truth is we're we're both better for it and our relationship is far better for having done this. I, I think we yep. got to put recovery in terms of our our own interpersonal relationships kind of on steroids. I mean, they say that which does not kill us makes us stronger, right? And there's a lot of truth to that statement. Uh, you know, Kathy, for you to reference that you were in a family business prior, so was the mortgage business that you were doing before the real estate brokerage, was that a bit of a legacy? I mean, do we have a theme going here? No, <laughs> like, that would be lovely. I, yeah. I grew up with a father who was a salesman and he sold okay cookware to farmers in the Midwest. My mother would cook the meals and the farmer would bring in his whole family because you had lots of kids so they could work the farm. So when they all got married, he'd buy them all a set of cookware. So my mother would cook the meal. They'd all experience the meal with the cookware. That's where my family career started in sales. And then he moved to Schaefer Penn. We moved a lot. And then he started a rep group in Southern California 
in the 60s. And I grew up sleeping under display tables way back when. Did you really? Okay. Back at the, at the, you know, the earliest hotels in LA. And, uh, and then I started my own rep business at 20 and went off on my own at that point in 20. But it was, I worked in the family business up till then. There was a lot of craziness and dysfunction in the family, but I learned how to sell and that's where it started. And so I had my own rep group and did that for a total of 25 years. I sold in the giftware industry. But I noticed. She'll be modest about this, but she killed it in that business at a very young age. She was, for lack of a better word, a complete badass. So Really? And she still is. And you oh, both yeah. are. And you're very fortunate to have her Thank you. And because she leads by example. That's cool. So you were doing giftware. And then how did you go into the mortgage industry? Because that, you know, predates the real estate brokerage. It does. I owned my first piece of property in Orange County in 1980. So mm-hmm. that tells you both how old I am and how long ago I bought my first piece of property. I was 20. There's no shame there here. We're on unscripted pivots. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's good to know. I'll just have to internalize that. Um, and so I, my mother had been a real estate agent. And so I'd, I'd always grown up loving real estate. Brenna and I, when she was young, we would drive around and look at the houses we liked most, her friend's mm-hmm. houses or some neighborhood. And so I'd always loved real estate. But I had gotten into a business where I made a very good living for a very long time. Sold to Disney, private label to Disney, Neiman's, Nordstrom's, and all the little guys. Drove 40,000 miles a year for 25 years. And That's one, taxing. One mm. day, I go to Cambria, and I'm now divorced from Brenna's father. She is at his house that night. And or the, with the nanny, I don't remember the details, but I take off to Cambria, which is a four-and-a-half-hour drive. And about the time I get there... And there weren't really cell phones at that point. Brenna is on stage performing a Christmas performance at her school in kindergarten. She gets ill. And I get a phone call four hours from home that she's ill in kind of a really emotional kind of situation. And that was when I decided I was changing my business. I decided I was not going to be that far from my kids ever again. And so I had friends who were in the mortgage business. I was always facile at numbers. And somebody said, you should do this. And I started transitioning, but I struggled with both businesses for a couple of years. I didn't move entirely into mortgages because I felt obligated to the clients that I had in the giftware industry. We had a major signing event happening where we had the artists coming from Italy. And and I said, I've got to stay. So I stayed till that was over. And then I moved into mortgages full time and did that. I, I got into mortgages on September 11th of 2001. Walked into the mortgage office to interview with the gal no, that I was going kidding. to work for. And she said, it's kind of a chaotic day. <laughs> uh, yeah, you think? I know. I, we'll all remember where we were and, and, and what was going on that day. A lot um, of stuff happening right now. Yeah. You know, finance markets are all closed. Don't really know what's going on. But sure, I think you'd be good at this. Let's talk in a few days. And so I started doing that. Kept my other business going. Left there. After I'd made sure, but mind you, the giftware industry changed overnight because people stopped traveling with September 11th. Nobody was buying the stuff I was selling in theme parks or places like that because they were. And think about how fortuitous you were already ready to make that transition. And then I love when I see the universe like coming in and and oftentimes it's associated with some tragic events. I see pivots happening in people's lives, you know, during these conversations I'm having on this podcast and the timing 
from a personal standpoint, has been spot on. It has actually enabled them to make transitions that they were already going through. So there you go. You're in the mortgage business. And I want to fast forward a little bit to the real estate, the day that you knew that you wanted to go into brokerage because you're making another very big pivot there. And this is what's going to lead you for where we are today with your daughter at Harcourts. So I didn't want to become a real estate agent. So even though I was licensed as a broker, I never wanted to be an agent because honestly, and I'm saying this on a podcast and I'm about to offend a lot of people, I found agents were very often lazy. The statistics are 87% of the real estate agents do about three deals a year, maybe. And when you look at that, we've got a very complex contract here. And I didn't want to be perceived as somebody who you know, wasn't really compassionate. People kept saying I'd make a good agent. I didn't believe it. So I tried it. I did a little bit of it. Brenda decided she wanted to join me. That I loved because I've always had partners in businesses, but I, I didn't have anybody I wanted to partner with here. So when she came back to me and said she wanted to do that, I was very excited. And so we've worked under another broker's license for the last few years. And um, as of a week ago, we signed a franchise agreement to open our own new location of Harcourt's Blue Water. And I would never have done that without Brenna. The only reason I'm, I'm at that point in my life today is because we're together. And what she does in this business to make this possible are things I, I would have never taken on at this stage of my life. I don't have the skills. I just couldn't have done it. So you know what? I'm going to I'm going to take a pause here for a second before we that was a beautiful statement, Kathy. And I can see Brenna smiling here from ear to ear, you know, um, rightly so. But Kathy, I, I love the fact that you went into an industry that you didn't think you were naturally aligned with because of the reputation that was existing. Right. You know, like for the majority. But think about it. You came in and you redefined that, okay? And you gave credibility to brokerage because you were known for your honest and straightforward advice and guidance throughout the buying and selling process. You have very strong negotiation skills. I mean, your reputation is that you have excellent communication and responsiveness. I mean, these are things that, you know, this is who Kathy Clark is, and I, it's it's terrific. You did a solid to the industry itself because, and I and I I can understand that. You know, when I became a title insurance representative, I'm like, what? Like I'm in sales for title. I went to law school, don't you know? <laughs> I'm bigger than this. Okay, I have a law degree, and and I'm admitted in New Jersey, and I still two decades later go, is this really what I do? Because I think of that maybe like you know those people are a bunch of fluff, right? And especially on the East Coast where we're just whining and dining, and I'm thinking, is there really intelligence in any kind of um, um, you know, professionalism around that role. But the truth is, it's what we bring to the table. And you set the table. And then I know you didn't invite your daughter. Brenna joined it on her own because you set an example that was very attractive to her. So Brenna, let's talk about what your mom just said to you about, you know, all that you add the value. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate it greatly in part because there's no one it means more coming from. Um, I grew up seeing her be everything all at once to me and my brother. And she was this powerhouse businesswoman. And she was also the warmest, most compassionate person. So being able to kind of step into her world with the understanding that I was just going to soak up as much as I could from her and to do this together and really forge a beautiful life of security and abundance together after what we had been through with the financial crisis that was the goal. And then to then finally, as time went on, kind of find my value and my place and being able to contribute more than I ever thought I would be able to or have the skills to this early on. 
um, has been a really transformative thing for me personally as well, um, not to mention where our business is going. Well, you know, it's I love that we're doing this because, again, you know, the Mother's Day component and you knew it wasn't going to be easy, Brenda, but none of it had been easy from the start. Right. And yet you still were willing to do that because you knew who you were hooking your wagon to. And while so many other daughters are are actually running away from their moms. Right. There's a bunch (laughs) of that going on. Right. You were running towards Kathy. Right. You're seeing that that's exactly what you want to follow. So, um, you know, that's I'm just celebrating you, Kathy, as a mom. And I I like to think my daughter is also, you know, we just recently um, when she got out of uh, college, she was actually recruited to work with me at Boston National Title. And so she had been there for a year and a half. And so we had daily communication. And that was ultra special to me because at the time she was still living on the East Coast. She was in DC. And so I didn't see her as much, you know, I'm in California. Now she's in West LA and she's not working for my company. So I get to see her on a more personal, um, you know, front, but it was very special to me to kind of know her in that professional space. I want to talk about your philanthropic efforts too, because not only are you selling a lot of homes and making some money, and we're going to talk, I want to talk about the luxury auction and the things that you're doing, what you're morphing into, but you also give back. I see it all over, you know, LinkedIn, and and then, you know, you let your friends know too about the Orangewood Foundation. So tell us a little bit about Orangewood and what you're doing there and why you were attracted to do that one, because there's a lot of charities to choose from, and this one I know to be meaningful. No, Brenna has really, Brenna has run that. Brenna has been the one who has taken it on and and really coordinates everything that we're doing on on that level. And she's she's gotten involved in several other organizations as well. We love Orangewood and we will continue to support it, Orangewood, but we all we have a number of passion projects that we work on. But Bren, talk about Orangewood a little bit, because I do think that's very special to us for a lot of reasons. Absolutely. We have a few connections to Orangewood in regards to the people that support the organization and work with the organization. So that was kind of the most immediate connection we had to it. But really, this push more recently to get active in our community was really, I think, just about the fact that we, I felt we were getting to a point in our business where we were finally coming up for air and we had just been grinding, grinding, grinding. And it's not that it doesn't feel like that now. But I think if you have some sort of introspective nature, you recognize that when you're of service, you feel the best and you're fulfilled. And I kind of recognized through our business that when I was working with people who I really enjoyed, I truly felt like my cup was more full every day. And so that kind of was that push to say, we need, we need to be out there and we need to be doing something more regularly than we are for the people in our community. So that was the drive. A beautiful cherry on top was that we could go and cook meals for people and invite people in our network so we could while being of service, get to know people much better than we ever had in any boardroom by sharing with them, experiencing being of service together. So it's been a huge gift in a lot of different ways. And we're really excited to continue expanding on that. Um, Eventually choose maybe an organization to serve on a board, whatever that might look like in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a priority to us that we really want to be intentional about. That's terrific. And you're mentioning board positions. And I see a growing number of women actually seeking out the opportunity to be on boards. I mean, there's a a lot of value there and we need to, you know, insert that female voice. And it's welcomed by, by, by men, I think. But, you know, we really need to step into that because that's not historically really a female desire or position, right? We start to get enough on our plate. We don't want to take it to that level. But, um, that's that's really cool. I love that you're doing that. So I know there's some new 
changes on the work front, right? Um, I would like you to talk about the direction that you're going in. And also, I don't know if that's going to include the component that you do with like auction, right? And luxury auction and whatnot. And I think that's, you know, that's, that's unique. Not everybody knows about that. So, you know, Kathy, do you want to share a little bit on that? So when I came to Harcourts, I came because I knew that the auction process was a complete differentiator in the real estate market. Our brand tagline is rethink real estate. And Mm. that's what brought us to Harcourts. However, after having been with our broker for a number of years now, we're very fond of Brenna really loves coaching. She's an athlete. She's been an athlete all of her life. She likes supporting people. She likes nurturing them and cultivating them. And we just felt like it was time for us to open our own office with our own culture. And that was the the reason for us to make this move. So um, we've been working out of an office in Dana Point while we've never really worked in Dana Point per se. That's where our license were held, even though I've been a broker since 2006 back in the mortgage business. So we will have a, a brokerage up here in Newport and it will be our own office and we will be celebrating that soon. We're just getting all the details finalized now. And it will offer, the reason we've signed as a franchisee with Harcourts is to continue that opportunity of using this incredibly unique auction platform, which gets incredible results. And Brenna, we're both auction certified. We both have our specialties, but Brenna is exceptional at working the auction platform. It's much more labor intensive Traditionally, it's a lot of younger agents because it is more labor intensive and older agents find it um, a little irritating. They'd rather do it the old way. It's always been done. And so, oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, you know, let's, let's teach new tricks to an old dog, right? I mean, even this whole tech thing, you know, with me starting this podcast and figuring this all out, but I mean, you know, who wants to just like call it quits? Not me and not you, Kathy, (laughs) and definitely not you, Brenna. You're, you're young enough, but I want to take a pause for a second. So you said that um, you're auction certified. What does that mean? You have, there's a special certification so that you could, and I would think it would be necessary, but tell me a little bit about that. So when you start working with Harcourts, if you want to utilize the luxury auction platform as a tool, you must go through a certification process because the auction method is so precise. That's what enables us to get the results we get with it. It has to be run correctly by an agent or it won't yield quite the extent of possibilities. So, okay. As, as like a regular person, the word luxury and the word auction, they don't go together. Okay. Like in my mind, uh, you know, not being in that business, they just seem to be like, kind of like, you know, at, at odds. I mean, if you have, yeah, if you have a luxury home of which you do, I I see what you market. And I want to talk about all the social media that you're doing, which is just uber fabulous. Right. I, I, it's like, how do these homes go to auction if they're so freaking fantastic? And we're in Southern California. Where there is such a demand for housing. So, how does it even fall into that category? So, if you think about it this way, how are uh, luxury automobiles sold? How are antique pieces of jewelry sold? So, something of a certain level of extravagance is sold via auction most commonly. Uh, Yeah. And really, the purpose of the auction is to not place a ceiling on the value we can achieve for our sellers. So if you think about it, having that air of competition is something that allows us to drive the net proceeds as high as possible. And really something is only worth what someone's willing to pay for it. So it flips the real estate, the traditional process on its head. But the reason we put the word luxury 
in the luxury auction title is because we're really trying to uh, mitigate that perception that auction is courthouse steps, it's distress sales. We actually don't touch any of those properties with our process. So we use the word luxury to dispel some of those preconceived notions, but it also demonstrates kind of the approach to selling something that is kind of a, a once in a lifetime opportunity and that kind of thing. Yeah. When you explain it that way, it makes complete sense. But like you said, it's not traditional. I mean, but you're right. When you compare it to automobiles and artwork, I mean, of course, they go into the auction process. I'm wondering, is it a challenge to persuade the people that are selling these, you know, beautiful high-end homes to go this direction, to take this route, which may be unfamiliar to them? Honestly, it's a, it's an interesting process because we find more sophisticated sellers grasp it immediately. Awesome. Right? Mm-hmm. So one of our sellers said to us one time, he, he didn't even want to give me an interview. He had first get it, set it up to be live. Then he pulled it back and said, well, we'll do it by Zoom. And he and his wife and I had connected and she had said, I want to try this process. But he was the CEO of a large hospitality company. And so we get on the phone and within five minutes, he says to me, so what you're telling me illustrates my core belief. I would rather compete than negotiate. And that Mm. is exactly what our process is. It allows us to get a lot of views on a home, get a lot of feedback. We also provide tracking and demonstrate how the process is going, how many calls, how many visits, what everything that's happened, the seller knows so that they understand, so that very quickly they get a lot of feedback. Because contrary to popular belief, rarely do people fall in love with a home online. They might be interested in a home online. They fall in love when they walk inside. It's an emotional experience. Yeah, it is. Exactly. And, mm-hmm. and our process ensures we get people inside homes so that they can see it. And when they get inside a home, they're going to see multiple other people who also look interested in that home. And as a result, there's an urgency and a fear of loss. So our marketing methodology is just that. It's a marketing methodology, but it is hugely successful. But we've sold... properties and we've sold $15 million properties. So it is really about what is right for the client and the situation. Just in regards to auction, I think our auction process, I should say, traditional real estate can often be done as a more complacent approach to getting a home sold. Our process, every aspect of it is completely intentional to be entirely proactive. So rather than setting a list price, hoping buyers see it and agree with it and come through, we are setting a price that's slightly below market to drive a massive amount of interest on the home very quickly. So in that situation, we're in control. Again, with open houses, rather than doing private showings, we are in control, making sure that every buyer is in the house at the same time, seeing how much competition they have. So we're not waiting for the market to give us what we want. We are cultivating an environment in which we can capitalize the absolute most out of the market for our client. And that's why we love it so much is because we are so client centric and we see it serve our clients day in, day out with a result that they wouldn't have gotten elsewhere. And that's why we enjoy it. It's why we love to use the process. It makes absolute sense to me when you explain it this way. So let's return to the mother and daughter relationship, right? So what are the struggles that you experience and how do you deal with them? Because I know that it's a a working relationship. 
There's no doubt about that. But any relationship, like a marriage, Brenna, you described it as as like a marriage because it is. You're joined at the hip and you're two very different individuals just because you are. I mean, you don't come from the same generation and I'm sure that there's just idiosyncrasies that each of you have. And how do you approach that? What are your tips and solutions for, you know, keeping the relationship healthy enough that it doesn't spill over to any kind of personal, you know, resentment or, you know, that, that type of thing? What do you have weekly meetings? Do you have a way to journal? Like how, how does the communication keep to be honest and open and thriving? Well, the, the biggest piece is direct communication. That's been the biggest struggle for us because if one of us gets our feelings hurt, if we don't deal with her, if somebody's irritated about something, if we don't deal with it right away, that's when we've had problems mm-hmm. is we've got to just, we've got to address it quickly. And Brenna's communication style is very different. I'm, my style is like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. I hurt your feelings. I'll do this, this, and this next time. Her process is, is very different than that. And so as a result, we've had conflicts over whether she really feels heard or does she just feel like I said, yeah, I got it. I won't do that again. And so we've had to work really hard on that, on that phase. And the truth is what I realized from this recently is by working on that with Brenna, I now see it in other people and with other clients. So it's made me more cognizant of how I need to handle things to make things go more smoothly for everybody. Because, you know, my goal is never to, to make a situation more difficult. I, I would certainly always rather take the easier and softer way than to be in a fight with someone over something or to hurt someone's feelings or do something else. And, and I think having learned it with Brenna has made that easier, although probably not on her, (laughs) the process. (laughs) Well, you know, what's great. It's like you have to clean house to sell a house, right? So it's like that constant communication and not letting things fester. And it's so interesting when, you know, Kathy, when we recognize that our daughters are also our teachers, that that is not a one-way street, right? And when you avail yourself to that, it's just like, it's that the world opens up. I mean, I can say that about my daughter, Elise, I learned so much from her and we're very, very different. You know, we have a beautiful relationship. We get along, but there's so much about her that has just um, made me a better person, you know, that I've picked up on. And so I see that between the two of you as well. It's a gift and it's not that common, right? So, you know, gratitude around that is, is really, really huge. We're very lucky. Yeah. What's next on the horizon? You're, you're going to be moving into the Newport Beach office and you're going to still be a subsidiary of Harcourts, but you're going to be focused primarily on the auction, the luxury auction process. We, 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 it will be a traditional office. We will offer traditional services. We'll offer property management and of course we'll offer auction, but the bigger pieces will be a franchisee. So it will be our business, Brenna's and mine, okay. where we're equal partners in developing this for the next number of years. That's a lot to look forward to. Hey, I I have to ask, since I know that there's a son in the equation, does he feel left out? Did he want to join this team when he sees you guys like, you know, rocking it? I mean, I'd be like, uh, I I want me a little success too. (laughs) He's got his own path. So my brother actually lives in Vietnam. He teaches English there um, and he's absolutely loving it. He's kind of meant to be a teacher. Alec and I, grew up so close. We were best friends all throughout high school. We ran in the same groups. I could not feel more grateful for that. But all that being said, we are so incredibly different. He has no I, no desire to get up and, and do the grind and push to do sort of a business like this. It's just not his thing. He's very into history and culture and 
hence why he's traveling the world and and teaching for a living. So he was often a mediator when he lived here for us. He always joked that (laughs) watching us fight was sort of like watching a mirror argue with itself. So um, he was, he was often, because we are, we are very different. We, me and me and Kathy are also so similar in a lot of ways, our stubbornness Mm -hmm. and maybe could need for control being two of those. But um, yeah, so he was such an integral part. I mean, he was the third of, of our little trio, you know, getting through the tough times and leaning on each other and, so he often was the translator and the interpreter between our misunderstandings. And I mean, you know, we're, we're not going to say that that's why he went as far as Vietnam, right? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe. I'm sure that wasn't it. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. I just, I have, no, I'm joking. You guys are just so wonderful. I can't get enough of you, obviously. I had you on here. Um, well, lastly, let me ask you um, both. Uh, what is the advice you would give to others who are interested in pursuing a career in real estate brokerage? especially as a family team. What words of wisdom do you impart if somebody's actually flirting with this? Because you know what? Imitation is like the biggest form of, you know, the flattery, right? And and people will see the two of you working successfully well together and want to do that. And aligning ourselves with relatives uh, in, in any kind of profession, really, any kind of company, that happens where, you know, mothers try to bring up their children or the children want to kind of not, maybe they don't have direction and they want to be part of something that's already established, right? So there's nuances. What would be like the one bit of advice? You can give different advice, both of you, but I'd like to hear. Uh, the only thing I would say is I don't know that there's a, a easier or better career or honestly more populated with particularly mothers and daughters than real estate is. I mean, we, we can't turn around without running into, I, I probably personally know five agents whose daughters now work with them. So it's, it's a very friendly business for that. And, uh, you know, it's a business where you develop warm relationships with your clients. And as a result, sometimes we're involved in their family, they're involved in our family. So honestly, it's a, it's an easy business. If someone wants to be partners or work with their family, I think it's an easy business to do that in. Mm. Yeah. And I'd say firstly, going into the business with an open mind in regards to each other, uh, your dynamic is going to change because of the new relationship that you're creating. And I think most of the time when I, when I connect with other people over working with their family, their number one response is they were stuck here. I wanted to progress things or vice versa. And it caused us to have to move on from the partnership. So my advice would be understand your own value and your what you bring to the table. Also understand and keep in mind all the value that the other person brings and support them as much as you want support back and understand that there are so many incredible strengths and skills that you both bring to the table and you can respect each other's. That's right. It's, it's a delicate dance, right? It and, is. and probably it's also reading the room, reading the client's reaction, because sometimes maybe if somebody's, you know, um, just relating to your mom a little bit better, you know, you let her lead, right? And Absolutely. then when it's you, you know, Kathy has to stand aside. Um, yep. I know that on social media, Brenna, you're doing a lot of informational, valuable content. You're rolling out some, you know, short video clips where you're really imparting a lot of information that people wouldn't otherwise know. I mean, it's very generous and it's also, you know, it attracts, you know, the two of you to get more clients because they're like, we want to be with them. And you're more behind the scenes, like, well, you're not behind the scenes, you're on the camera. And I see a little bit less of Kathy, like, were you deciding to do it that way? Or what was the thought about that? Oh, oh no, I hate being on camera. 
So she's, she's a really good sport about taking on much more of it. We sometimes in the beginning, we talked more about ideas and subject matter, and I still get involved in that on some things. But Brenna's really taken this and run with it. And we are getting great results from it. It's paying off. And honestly, the companies even told her how impressed they are with the content she's creating. So, and, and and I'll say this, you know, as a viewer, right? I think it's great that Brenna is a little bit of a face because Kathy, you're the expert. So right away, everybody's going to lean into you as the trusted advisor, right? With the, probably the answers. And this is giving Brenna uh, the opportunity for the world to see Brenna, the intelligent human being she is, right? Because when you're A, you're young and B, you're gorgeous. Okay. No, those (laughs) things can actually work against a woman. Oh, I know. And and they, right. They do. They do. And when you get out there and you're, you're, you're teaching and you're educating uh, the community about what's going on and whatnot, they're like, oh, she's, she's, she's an expert in her own right. Yeah. Yeah. Those are actually the comments that I've heard most frequently, but she's really sophisticated and comes off and and you you don't want to negotiate against Brenna. I mean, she is (laughs) incredibly talented and she learned to cold call in this business. It was one of the things that our other brokerage really um, emphasized was cold calling. And Brenna got a number of four and $5 million listings from cold calling, which there aren't too many people in their early twenties that can, can speak to that. So she had a lot of success with that, but it's been really good for her in the social media space because she has done such a great job and she's so creative, takes a massive amount of time. But the feedback we're getting from everybody is just that, wow, she is so polished and professional. We, we see a whole nother side of her. So, well, I'll just say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree in this scenario. And um, I'm just celebrating the mother and daughter relationship that you have. It's absolutely beautiful and I hope that this this episode will go out just a couple of days before Mother's Day. So I hope you get to spend, oh, look at me, spend some time together. You actually spend all the time together. Okay? <laughs> maybe time you'll take together. the day off. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe you'll go ahead and take the day off. Okay. Yeah. Um, but just continued success in 2023. I just love to watch all that you're doing. And um, thank you again for coming on. We appreciate it. Danielle, thank you so much for inviting us. It's been lovely. We have so much respect for you and it's been it's been fun to do this. So thank you. We thank really you. do. Yeah, we really appreciate this. And it's always so nice to see you and get to chat. So thank you for giving us this opportunity. Oh, and one last plug, go Provisors. Okay, we forgot <laughs> to mention Provisors. We're all part of Provisors. So go Provisors. All right, we'll catch you guys soon. Before you go, I really want to thank you for joining me today. I really do appreciate you. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate and review Unscripted Pivots on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback helps me improve and reach more listeners just like yourself. And remember to subscribe to stay updated on future episodes released every Wednesday morning. I have more great content and stories from WTF women coming your way. Until then.